0: Let's move into, if you will, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Last week, we talked about universal church and the local church. We talked about what is the church. A lot of people feel like this building is the church. If I ask you, what is the church? Most people would be like that building down there uh, that I go to every Sunday morning. And we talked about last week through scriptures, we identified that actually we are the church. We make up the church. We are the body of Christ. It is not something that we only do on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. It is something that we live every single day of our lives. And then we talked about the scripture on on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. And we George Jefferson strutted across the stage to let you know that ain't nothing going to stop me, okay? Because we are the body. So I'm just going to read Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. Today I'm reading from the New Living Translation Uh, And then there's a couple of passages of scriptures that we're going to talk about after I pray. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16 says this. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Can I pause there for just a moment? I love the emphasis on the fact that you were called by God. The creator of the universe called you and set you apart. When you said yes to him, he called you, and you said yes, and now you now live a life worthy of that calling. And last week we talked about how do we live that life? Verse 2, always be humble and gentle. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should be humble and gentle. We talked about last week how come the church has, has deflected so many people away from Jesus because they're not walking humbly or gently. We're not seeing that evident in our life. So how do you walk this according to the call? You always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. As the air leaves the room, patient. Every time you say that word, everybody starts going, don't speak patience over me. I got enough. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when He ascended to the heights, He led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to His people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. That's an incredible scripture. That he may fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these next few verses I want you to lean in. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers... Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We all know that that won't happen until Jesus comes back. We will never reach full maturity in Christ. I just want to bust your bubble now. You're like, man, I'm five years away. Can't wait. Like it's a retirement or something. Like when I get there, I can do whatever I want to after that. No, you cannot. We will not ever fully reach the maturity or the complete standard of Christ until we're present with him in heaven. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes, this might sound very familiar to you because this is our our passage of, of, of scripture for our church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Lord, I pray over your word today. I pray that it will fall on soil that has been tilled and stirred up throughout the week because we've been in the word. We've been in your presence. Lord, if there are some that haven't done that this week, I just pray you soften their hearts today. That they would hear the word of their pastor. That they'll hear this word from my heart of love. And Lord, we just give you the praise and we give you the glory for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to point out a few of these passages of scriptures to you. I... I want to be honest with you. The Lord has changed my message today. (laughs) Don't you love when he does that? (laughs) So I'm like highlighting my notes, what he's wanting me to say versus what he doesn't want me to. And he took me to this passage of scripture. And I want to say this as your pastor. Everything I ever say comes from love. Love is tough sometimes. When somebody says they love you and they tell you everything you want to hear, they don't love you. They want you and what you have to offer because they don't want to upset you and get you to walk away. If they truly love you, they'll tell you what you need to hear, whether it's what you want to hear or not. That's real love. That's real. And sometimes delivering real love is tough. It is because you love the person. You care about them so much. You don't want to say it because you know it's going to hurt them a little bit. But we talked about Wednesday night. Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. That's such a good scripture. I, y'all need to write that one down. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. That means friends wound you because they tell you the truth. But those are faithful because it comes from a place of love. But deceptive are the kisses of the enemy. I love that it follows it up. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceptive are the kisses of the enemy because the the, they're just going to kiss you and, and, and butter you up and then take from you. So when we do this, we do this with full intention in our hearts. And so today I'm coming from a message of love, coming from a place of love. So I want you to lean in and I want you to hear me speak today. I want to I talk about 13, 14, and 15 for just a second. It says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord. Church today, universal church and local are full of very immature believers very immature believers. Can I tell you what immaturity is? My two children, they are eight and two. And it does not matter how many times I tell Kylan, don't respond to Israel. He's going to keep responding back. My eight year old is not mature enough to understand. Walk away from the situation. You are only escalating it. It's the same thing in the church. Don't keep going to this certain place or it is going to hurt you or burn you or don't listen to these people. They are lying and deceiving you. But yet immaturity sets in and goes, you don't tell me how to live my life. Or somebody does something to you in the church and they come with truth and love and you're like, oh, say less. Wait till I get you when you ain't nobody watching. You box my ear, I'm gonna box your ear, son. Kingdom says turn the other cheek. We've got to realize... Immaturity is in our flesh. We have to have, we can't be immature in our spirit as well. Our spirit has to take our flesh and bring it into alignment all the time. And so we have to realize that we cannot be a church of immature believers because God is going to call us to places that immaturity will not make it. You will not understand why we have to do it the way we do it. You, do not, you will not understand why it's coming in truth and love. Why a standard is being raised of holiness and righteousness in the church. Just because the world's standard lowers does not mean the church's lowers. Because my standard is still set in the same person that's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He didn't make a mistake. Don't give me, well, it was culturally different in the word. It don't matter. The kingdom of heaven is not like the kingdom of the world. So if you are immature, let's grow up some. Pull your big boy pants up. Take an extra, I mean, get you about two more extra belt loops. Pull it real tight. So can't nothing take it away. And let's man up and let's get in our word. Let's listen to the teaching and the instruction. The reason Christ gave the church the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. To come in and help you understand how to use the giftings and the abilities that he's giving you. Verse 14 says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about to every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced. I love this is why I use the New Living Translation. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. When you are an immature child, you can tell them anything. You can convince a child of almost anything because they are mature and they just go with it because it makes sense in their minds. But we as followers of Jesus don't make sense in our minds. We listen to the teaching of the Holy Spirit. We go, you know what? That sounds real good, but can I take, can I have just a second to line it up with this real quick? Hey, doesn't look like what this says. So if, that, if it doesn't say that, I ain't going to do it. We've got to grow up into maturity. We've got to take time to step back and go, you know what? Man, this really hurts to swallow, but i got to swallow it anyways because it's making me stronger. Yes. Yes. That we will not be blown about by every wind of new teachings. So many people have walked away from the church because of these new teachings. Blown about by the wind. You ever watch something be blown in the wind? That joker goes this way and this way and this way and goes back this way. Trust me, I know it affects my golf shot. It's not I'm bad at golf, it's the wind. That's why it goes that way and that way every time and never straight. (laughs) (laughs) But that is how believers are in the church blown about. Man, pastor said this, and then we get into the world tomorrow to our buddy at work that goes to church but doesn't never go to church. That goes to church but don't never go to church. And they say, oh, that ain't what he meant by that. And I'll say, Shh, Okay, cool. And then somebody over here go, no, actually, this is what it really meant. And I'm doing this to give you a visual picture. I mean, it's like whiplash sometimes. I watch believers that are like, oh, I'm standing firm in my face. Psych. As Israel would say, skirt skirt. Dodging the truth and moving around. Again, I'm referencing my two-year-old as it is immaturity. But a mature person says, on Christ the solid rock, I will stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I don't care what you say or what you do. I am locked into the one that will not waver and let my foot cast against the rock. That is maturity. When everyone else around you begins to walk away, you know what maturity looks like? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that said, I ain't bowing to that thing. That's maturity because everybody else around was like, bro, they're going to kill you. I don't care because my mature spiritual self says, there's another one that I have to answer to. I won't just do it now because it's what everybody else is doing. I don't care if they take my life. You can have it all because when I walk into that fire, Jesus is going to save me. And if he doesn't, I'll spend eternity with him anyways. So win-win situation, I'm with him. Maturity versus blowing in the wind. Go, oh, oh, you know what? I thought they was only going to blow it once. Try it again. Try it again. I got you this time. No, we stand firm in what we believe. We've got to be mature believers and followers of Jesus. So how do we do that? Speaking the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. When your pastor comes to you and says, hey, or somebody on staff, or maybe when you join a journey group or you get involved in a serve team and your leader comes to you and goes, hey, I just want to talk to you about holiness in your life. When they come at love, what what we are doing, what this scripture tells us is that we are helping you to grow in every way more and more like Christ. I'm coming with something that hurts and it's going to leave a few wounds because It's hard to say and it's hard to accept, but what I need you to realize is when it's all said and done, you are going to grow closer to being more and more like Christ. That's why so many people walk away because we've misidentified what love is. we We have now culturally put the word as love as acceptable. If you accept me, you love me. If you're okay with everything that I'm doing, you love me. If you don't correct me, you love me. You let me be me and don't tell me how to be else. That's what we've identified love as. And as everything else does in the world, we as the church have not stood our ground and watched the gate and it has slipped into the church. It has slid in and now things that we said were not acceptable 10 years ago, for some reason now God changed his mind. And so now I'm moving this way just a little bit. Can I tell you something? Eventually, you keep moving like this. One day, I'm going to be over there at that door. Yeah. Because I'm moving just, you might not see much of it, but before you know it, I'm in this doorway. Right. And that's what the church is doing. Well, you know, if we want more people to come into the walls. Now, let me tell you this. Everyone is accepted in this church. Yeah. Everyone. When I say everyone, I mean everyone. I don't care how they identify with their bodies. I don't care who they date. I don't care what their skin color is. I don't, know, I don't care who they voted for. All I know is there is a soul inside of that person that if we don't tell them about Jesus, they're going to die and go to hell. So as they come into the church, we, 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 we open up with love. Love. The first initial sign of love, like, hey, you're welcome here. We're glad that you're here. And then, as Jesus has called us, speaking truth in love, we begin to build a relationship and we begin to speak the word of God in truth and in love, and in that, they begin to grow more and more like Christ. It's okay that I love someone that doesn't believe the way that I believe right off the bat, but I'm not going to go, you know what? I'm going to change the standards of the church. You just go on and you be in leadership. That's cool. You can just you can be a spiritual leader. That's, our, that's different than me going, you're welcome here. You can come sit in these pews. You can worship. You can praise. And I'm going to love on you, but I'm going to begin to walk you through a process. And the ones that are growing in maturity will stay. And then the ones that will not, they'll go somewhere else that can help their ears tingle. But that is how we have to believe be as a body of believers is we've got to speak the word of God in truth and in love. In truth and in love. And there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. There's a way to just speak it to people and to love on them and not come across judgmental. The first step is to build a relationship with them. Just because you see so-and-so over there and they just walked in the church don't mean you just go over there and go, oh, I sent your Facebook post this week. How dare you walk into this church? Oh, I'm surprised the roof didn't fall in when you came in. That's judgmental. You walk over to them and you go, I'm so glad to see you. Mm." You are so welcome at Journey Church. You want to come sit with me? Awesome. Service goes. They respond to an altar call or something that God's doing. Even if they don't. Hey, can I get your number? I'd love to get some coffee with you this week. Or, hey, me and some buddies, we read the word together throughout the week. Can I add you to that text message so we can start talking about scripture together? You begin that conversation. You don't just come out. You don't just, how are you going to react if somebody walks up to you in the street and just punches you in the nose? You're going to come fighting. Hopefully. Hopefully, you don't go, oh, mommy, and walk away. You're going to come swinging. And that's what other people are going to do. That's what the world, they're going to, you come fighting with your spiritual fist, they're going to be like, they're going to throw walls up and they're going to run. Jesus is our example. How did Jesus do it? He met people where they were and he loved on them. He did say, your sins are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. He didn't say, hey, I accept you. Just keep doing what you're doing. He said, from this point on, you have met me. Now don't go do the same things. So again, Jesus is our perfect example. There is no one like him. There is no one like him. He is the one building those relationships. So here's where I want to go with this today. As you have amen in me speaking in truth and love, I'm going to speak some truth and love. (laughs) Gotcha. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Holy Spirit totally did that. I did not. I did not plan it this way. I'm telling you, all he changed it. these are my highlights, and these up here are not. Just want you to know I'm not lying to you. <laughs> First Corinthians twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve, um, verse twelve through twenty-seven. You can read it later. Just write it down because I need you to read through it. It's where I was gonna preach from today, but I'm not gonna jump into that. But verse eighteen specifically says, But as it is God, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. God has orchestrated the body of Journey Church. He has put each and every one of us here, not on happen circumstance, but we all have gifts that God has given us. We read about it in being the church. We read about it that God said, there is one body, but many parts. One body, but many parts. And can I tell you something? So many churches today are functioning with so many pieces missing or malfunctioning. There are so many churches today trying to function with so many pieces missing or malfunctioning. And I'm here to tell you today, Journey Church is one. Journey Church is a church that is trying to function with missing pieces or malfunctioning pieces. And I'll explain what I mean in just a minute. But again, remember y'all's amens just a minute ago. Click into that as we get into this. We rely on one another. We work with one another. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow. What we do in the church is not just for ourselves. We say here on our serve teams, we serve God by serving others. We serve God by serving others. We serve God by serving others. Why? Because it helps all the other parts grow so that as they grow, the body is healthy and full of love. We all have a part to play. It's bigger than you, it's bigger than me. I love this passage of scripture, 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And you can read through 1 Corinthians 12 and look through some of the gifts of the Spirit that he has given to the church and it's it's preachers, teachers, prophets, apostles, service, giving, there's a, there's a couple different ones that he's given for the church. You can read those. So when I say that he's giving you a gift, you function within those gifts, serving, giving, and, and there are and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it just a minute. But each of you listening to me today in the room and online have been given a gift to serve with. And the scripture says, use them well. Scripture says, use them well. It doesn't say use it uh, once a year. I use it when the opportunity arises. I mean, if somebody asks me, I'll do it. Wouldn't you hate to have to ask your arm to work every day? Hey, arm, will you work right now? Sure. Thanks for asking. Glad you asked. I'd have done it if I'm just saying for free, you ask. Or you go to the doctor and you're like, my left arm's not working. Why? Well, have you asked it to work? No. I bet if you ask it, it'd do it. Hey, will you work? See there? Wow. It's incredible. Why does the body of Christ function that way? Why do, why do I have to ask the hands and the feet to keep moving? If we're in our word, we see that I've been given a gift. It's my job to use it well, not my pastor's. I'm here to edify and build up the body, and the body is here to work. If most of us woke up tomorrow and 70% of our body decided not to work, what would happen? We'd lose our minds. Be like, my legs ain't working today. I'm going to have to go to work on my hands. We're going we gonna to handstand this bad boy out. If not, I'm dragging him behind me. <laughs> Come on. But it's happening in the body of Christ. We show up on a Sunday or we try to get volunteers on a Wednesday or for an outreach or something, and it doesn't show up. Well, you didn't die. Your heart and lungs still going. Yes, but we didn't accomplish anything. I can lay there and let my, my, my lungs and my heart continue to beat and my brain to function. But if I don't have anything else, I'm not accomplishing anything. So how can we hear from God say, get ready, Journey Church, but ain't nobody getting ready? How can we move forward when nothing has been put together from everything that's been said? Again, I'm coming at you from a place of love because God is giving you a spiritual gift from the variety of spiritual gifts, from his variety. He saw you and he placed that thing inside of you. Some of you, I've had this conversation with you. Your gift is to to go out and make money. I don't have that gift. I do everything for free, I feel like. (laughs) I got such a big heart, I'll be like, you know what, I'll do that for the free. Like, you will six days a week? Absolutely, sure will. But some people are out there that can hustle and they can make money. That's a gift for the kingdom. So I'm not mad when that person isn't shoveling mulch. I'm not mad when that person's not showing up to clean the church, because I know they out there hustling. Not I have to make money to pay my bills. I'm talking about I'm making extra to advance the kingdom of God is what I'm talking about. I hope you hear my my heart on that. The clarity is I'm out hustling because anything over and above that the Lord blesses me with, I'm just giving right back to him so that I can see the advancement of the kingdom go forward. That is using your gift. Not pastor, I had to hustle and make them bills, baby. I mean, I wanted the extra money so I just picked a Sunday to do it. They forgot them amens. (laughs) <laughs> some of you are gifted in cleaning. Some of you are gifted in cleaning. Yet again, not one that I'm gifted in. I'm just not, I, I'm just not. Like, I don't like things dirty and messy, but I just, some people just can, my wife can clean so much, like 10 times faster than me. I'm like cleaning. I'm like, oh, look at that on my dresser. That's cool. Woohoo! Then And you're like, hey, look at this over here. And you just start moving around. But there's some folks that like laser vision. And here's something I wanted to, and I was talking to Hope about it. You realize in the Old Testament, when Moses got ready to build the tabernacle, and Pastor had preached this multiple times, and I just want to bring it to our remembrance because it's great. When he was building the tabernacle, Moses is almost like, how are we going to do this? And God says, I have already equipped the blacksmith. That wasn't just for him to make money. That was for him to come and help you build the the house of God. Those people that sow, I didn't just make them really good at that because they needed to make the money. I did it so that they can come and bring it before me and use it as an offering unto me. So a lot of times I talk to people, hey, you're so gifted in this. I do that 40 hours a week, pastor. I don't want to do that here. And again, this is love. I get if And listen, hear my heart. If you're a teacher, I pray for double portion of anointing when you walk in kids ministry. Because I know spending eight hours a day with children is a a stress. I get it. I get it. And so you're like, last thing I want to do is work with kids. But ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? It might not necessarily be exactly what I thought I was supposed to do. Because I want to sing. I want to stand on that stage and hold that microphone and sing my heart out. It ain't in tune. It don't sound good. But I'm just going to sing my little heart out. You can do that. In kids ministry, in the back, while you singing with them, praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm just being honest with you. Or you can do it down there. Why you got to be on a stage in front of people? I'm just saying, what's the heart behind what you're wanting to do? What's the heart behind what you're wanting to do? Everybody wants to be seen. A lot of people say, I don't want to give up my Sunday mornings. I don't want to serve on Sunday. I want to be in there and hear the word. Can I tell you, this is for building up and equipping the church. So we've got to rotate in and out and allow other people to come in here and sit and be poured into. But what we're doing is we're stretching everybody. So that we tried to recognize, the noons are sitting right here. I'm gonna call y'all out. We tried to recognize them for two months. And every Sunday that we got up here to do it, we look over and they're not there. And we're like, they wasn't, it wasn't that they weren't here. It was somebody didn't show up for the nursery today. Can y'all come work? Absolutely. They never, they never complain about it. And I'm gonna use y'all again in just a minute. So don't move. Okay. But again, there are more people like the noons in the church that hey, our ear didn't show up today. I know you're an eyeball. Can you be an ear today? Sure, I'll do that. When we have 20 ears sitting in the building. Yeah. I need a right finger. Well, it looks like you're going to have two middle fingers today. <laughs> Maybe I should have picked something different. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Oh, all my new saints said, I like this. <laughs> we give two middle fingers here. What's up? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, bring it back in. All right. <laughs> but we laughed. But I think if we really saw a physical picture of the body of Journey Church, it would look really weird. It would look really weird, or it would be just dragging itself. And I'm addressing this because it is part of getting ready. If God's sending more people, we can't keep adding more weight to the ones that are already doing the carrying. I'm going to come back to this point. Look at Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to come back to this. Mark chapter 2. Because I just said wait. Mark chapter 2. We're just going to read verse 1 through 5. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. Noah, can I steal you for just a second? Appreciate you. Just stand right here for just a second. Noah's gonna represent the people in our city. <laughs> the people in our city need Jesus, and they need to get to Jesus, just like this man. But there's weight to carrying someone to Jesus, there's volunteering. There's financial giving. There is devotion. There is commitment. There is weight to it. The problem is what we're trying to do. Come here, Noah, turn this way. You okay if I pick you up for a second? You sure? Okay. All right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that right there. Good thing I went to the gym this week. (sighs) But the problem is this is what most churches look like. Pastor, we got them here. You get them to Jesus. Pastor, you know what? I know there's a lot of weight on your shoulders right now, but here they are. Can you keep carrying them? A lot of churches look like this. You know, I showed up expecting there to be three other people here to help me, and they didn't come, so now i got to pick up the weight. And so now there's a lot of people in the church. This is what most of our church looks like. You good? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll set you down for a second. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, <laughs> whoa. But I guarantee you, if I get three other men and women up here with me, and we all took a part of Noah and we lifted him up, the weight would be so much lighter. Yes. There is plenty of workload in the body to do the work, but there's a lot of parts not showing up. Come on, Mom. Yes, come on. You can go have a seat. Appreciate you, bud. Thank you. Can you imagine, had not all four of those guys shown up? Could they have gotten him on the roof? I don't know, I think three probably, two maybe. I mean, you'd have to be really determined to get this person up there, and he's a paralytic, so there is no help. Like, hey bro, hold my head while I push you up, like nothing, it's all weight, getting them there. Can I tell you something, and I mentioned this very briefly, but I want to say this. I told the board I was going to just briefly mention this. We won't go into much detail. I'll talk about it more in the coming weeks. There is a financial weight to being a church the building that you're sitting in, property across the street, the heat that you feel, the lights that you see, uh, the people that work here, the outreach that we do, the ministry that we do all of those things cost. It's not free, just like your house ain't free. It all costs. Right now, the weight is only being carried by a very small percentage of people, and it's becoming very heavy, very heavy for everyone else that's doing their part while everybody else just watches. Can I explain to you why this happens? This is what the Lord told me. There are too many customers that come to church today. Here we go. Here we go. There are too many customers in church today You show up and get what you need and leave no investment. If it was good, I'll tip it. I'll pay for my service today, but there is no devotion. There is no investment in what God is wanting to do in the church. When you go to Chili's, you don't care about the stress of staff in that place. You don't care how many cooks called in that morning or what their stocks are doing in the stock market. You just say, serve me. You better have my stuff on time. And if not, you're going to know about it. And if you don't provide for me, I ain't leaving you a tip. That's our church life. I show up, Pastor, what'd you bring to feed me today? What'd you bring that I can take with me today? I brought a little extra. I'm going to tip you if it's real good today. We are customers. We've got to become investors, people who are bought in, people that understand that when someone says I can't be there, hey, I'm up next, call on me. Or we don't even have to call on people because we've just got the influx of everybody just functioning in the body of Christ. We are doing it and we're doing it. We cannot become, we cannot continue to be customers. Tony Evans says, true disciples go from the point of no longer being consumers of the mission of the church, but now they become carriers of it. I'm not trying to reach the lost with you no more. Most of you in this room have heard my voice the last 90 days. Most of you in this room have been in this church for the last 10 years. Some of you longer, some of you at least five why are we still trying to produce for customers? There are no new customers right now. Here we go. Here we go. This is not mom, pa shop where we have the same people every morning. We've not been called to be a church that just sits and survives. We are called to be a church that advances the kingdom of God. And we cannot do that with customers. We've got to have people who are invested in the body of Christ. We can't get people to commit to things because they attend church. They're not living as the church. We cannot get people to commit to things because they attend church. They are not living as the church. What are we doing? What what are we doing? Why are we showing up? Why are we getting out of bed? I'm coming for the Lord, pastor. If you were, you would have his heart. If you were coming for the Lord, you would have his heart. Not to get something from him, but to give something to him. There's a huge difference in the two. If you come to get something all the time, I know there are moments I need a touch of the Lord. I had a moment this morning. Y'all all saw it. (laughs) There are moments you need God to step in and touch something, but it shouldn't be my whole life. I should not be identified by my hands out. I should not be identified by my hands out. When you see T, you should not always go, that man just always wanting something spiritually. Be like, man, we have linked up with this person. I hope you you know me as this, linked up with you being the body, walking and functioning the way Christ created the church to function and to walk, that we can see more and more people come to know Jesus. We have got to function as the church. And I want to say this, before I close is, uh, Christina, do you mind playing for me? I want to say this to you before I close today. You all, under the sound of my voice, and again, I'm reminding you, I love you. I love you. This is a heart. I text hope before service, and I text my mentor. And I told him, I said, I need you to pray for me today. Today's a day that's heavy because let me tell you something. This isn't just for you. This is for me. This is for the leadership of this church to understand how we begin to call people, how we begin to link up with people, how we begin to empower people and not do it all ourselves. This isn't just a message for you to hear. It's a message for our whole team to hear that we have got to do church differently. It's not just showing up and getting all the time. It's, I'm coming to serve today. I'm coming to give back to the Lord. I'm excited about this day. I woke up at 6 a.m. walking around my living room listening to worship music because I knew I was going to serve with the rest of the body today. It was there as a function on the weekend. I'm gonna be there because I wanna see the faces of the lost and I wanna see the moment that light comes on. When I tell them about Jesus and they realize their sins can be forgiven, that it's not too late that there is someone who loves them and cares for them. I wanna be there when I lay hands on the sick and begin to watch God move and heal their bodies. I wanna be there when I see the drug addict that thinks there's no way out, and I come and there's light now in the midst of their darkness. I wanna be a part of that. It's bigger than you, it's bigger than me, and I'm gonna remind you of 1 Peter 4 before I close. God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Each of you listening to me today in the room and online have been given a gift to serve with. The scripture says use them well. And here is my heart as your pastor, not sit and work on your gift, not sit and hide your gift, not sit and choose who gets to be served by your gift. We all serve one another as part of the body. I don't recall a scripture telling me to stop doing the work of the Lord. I know he says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. But he follows it with, take my yoke and my burden, which are light and easy. He didn't say, take it off and don't pick nothing else back up. Do it unto me and you can make it. I have seen in church, we use this excuse all the time. I need a season off. I need a season off, I just need a season off. What that is telling me is I ain't about to see you very long. Because you taking a season off is never coming back. It's not doing something, I I get it all the time. I'm gonna take this season off, I need a season to heal, I need a season to this. If we're doing it unto God, and we're coming to him with our burdens and our heavy laden's, it's not about the other things. Now, does that not mean God doesn't say, hey, you know what, I need you to now move. He called me out of children's ministry. He called me out of children's ministry. He had a plan. So I'm not saying you stay in the same thing forever. But what I'm saying is you don't quit doing something for the Lord. He didn't say you get a season off. He didn't say you just, you, 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 we, we label these seasons all the time, but he's saying, come, I will give my burden, and my yoke to you, which is light and easy. It ain't going to feel like work. It ain't gonna feel like you're dry. It ain't gonna feel like you're hurting because I've given you my yoke and my burden and it is easy to carry and to walk out because today, yes, the kids were a little tough or yes, no one smiled at me when I came in the front door. Man, my coffee was watered down when I came early because I needed to serve in the parking lot. But that doesn't matter because God, you saw my heart today and I'll do it forever. I'll do it till the day there's no more breath in my lungs. I wanna serve you by serving your body. But pastor, what about rest? That's what a sabbath is for. That is why God has implemented a sabbath in scripture. That you it's not just God needed rest from creating. He's God. He is orchestrating and showing you you work 6 days, on the sabbath day you rest. You take a season to stop. Don't cut your grass, don't do your laundry, don't go places, don't bombard that day, sit at home, open your back window and look at the beauty of nature and go, God, what a beautiful creation you've made. It doesn't mean just sit around and binge watch things all day. It means to to plug into the Lord and allow him to replenish your soul. That is where you get your rest. But so many of us, so many of us have abandoned Sabbath because we gotta fill our schedules up. It amazes me at how many times when we get busy, Church is the first thing to be cut that's right. yeah. Me serving is the first thing that I'm gonna cut I ain't gonna cut all my extra correct uh, extracurriculars because I need that that's fun I need to be able to do all this my kid got to be on all these different teams If they're not on all these different teams, they're not gonna be seen can I tell you something they ain't gonna be seen <laughs> I Love your kid and they're a great athlete and they're gonna do great in high school and if they go and be something, just remember this conversation going differently so they can send their tithe here. <laughs> Praise God. But what I'm telling you is, the heart of God is that we're not cutting out things of God. Why are we cutting the things of the one thing that brings purpose in our life? The one yoke and burden that is light and easy. We just continue to pick up other things of the world. That's heavy. That does not give rest. But when we pick up the things of God, And we say, Lord, I'm not wavering on this. If it costs me showing up and serving, I'm gonna show up and serve. If it's gonna be a Saturday, I'm gonna be there on that Saturday. And I'm gonna do it. If it means Thursday night worship rehearsals, I'm gonna be there because this is my gift back unto you, Lord, and this is my service to the body. And as I do my part, I know the other parts are growing because that's what your word says. That's what your word says. So my heart today has been this, that we understand that we all have a part and we can no longer sit by and watch everyone else carry the weight. We need everything. And, and I told my leaders this the other night. And again, this is why leadership is going to communicate a little bit better because half of them didn't know this. This many people. Four. Four people. Count it. Four. Clean this entire church. Four. Four vacuum, do the bathrooms. And we're talking like, and these aren't like, we just run and doing this thing either. Again, this no, no shot. At, some of them, their health is not the best. You'll come and see them sitting down taking breaks, but they get back up and they go pick up that bucket again and they go back and they keep doing it because they've caught the heart of God that it is service so that when someone walks in those doors, they got plenty of paper towels. They got plenty of toilet paper. They, this house looks very clean because it's the Lord's house. It needs to look good. It needs to be taken care of. And this is my act of worship today, is me coming and just cleaning the church. When nobody else sees it, when nobody else knows, that's why I'm not calling out those four people. Most of you know who they are, but it's four. We got to do better, church. And we, as leaders, commit, commit to doing better at communicating to you those things and those needs. But please don't make it a thing where I have to ask my arm to work every single day. My left arm to work every single day. We will lead in such a way that you just follow and the body functions. But we need to all do our part. We need to all do our part. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word today, God. That just encourages us. That first off, we started with understanding that we as leaders have to speak in love. Just believers of the church, we speak in love so that we can grow, so that we become more mature, so we're not just tossed around. And then we come in behind that to to make the realization that Journey Church as a body is not functioning, not even at 50% anymore. Part of that is leadership. The other part is just us individually doing our parts. And so, Lord, I pray now that the people under the sound of my voice will hear your heart through this. And they will realize and pay attention to what are they actually doing to serve someone else in the church. And that over the coming weeks, they'll just begin to send messages to the church. We've got a growth track coming out so that they can jump into that and get involved, but that we just become passionate about doing the things of the kingdom and serving one another in the church. And also, Lord, I know it was a blip, but the financial weight, that, Lord, if we would understand all of it is here, to meet every bill, to meet everything, and to give more to missions is all in this room. We've just got to do our part to be faithful in giving it, not holding on to it, Not trying to wait until we've got enough, but that, God, we just trust you. And we give to it, and we pick up the weight of the financial burden of this church. And we commit to one another that we're going to do this thing, and we're going to see this church be debt-free. Completely debt-free, so that when someone needs something missions-wise, we're stroking checks. We're advancing the kingdom. We're doing things that that only churches out of debt can do. But we've all got to carry our weight, God, and so we thank you for it. If you're in the room today and you say, you know what, Pastor Timothy, whether you're already serving or you're committing to serving today, you're not going to have to sign your name on a list right now. I'm just, I want to see the body today. I want us to be united in unity. So if you're in the room and you say, you know what, Pastor Timothy, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do my part. And if I don't know what it is, that's okay. I'm going to ask the Lord to show it to me, or I'm going to ask somebody on the, on the leadership team to tell me, and I'm going to get in and I'm going to serve. So that's you in the room, whether you're already doing it or you want to be a part. If you will stand on the count of three. three, one, two, three, Three, if you want to be a part of the body, if you want to do your role, if you want to do your part, you want to step up and say, I am in it with you. I am in it with you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, you see our hearts. You see our commitments. As you begin to stand, I want you to commit to the Lord that I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to use the gift that you've given me. Some of you, it's laid dormant too long. Some of you, you've never used it before. Some of you are already doing it. Some of you, it needs to be transformed and reused in a different way. Whatever it may be, I want you to begin to commit that to the Lord with your own words. Lord, as they make commitment to you, this is not just a, uh, as Lynn said, it, a lip service. This isn't just to stand up so our pastor doesn't call us and go, hey, why'd you stand up? Lord, I'm thankful for the ones that didn't stand in the room, that they're, they're being honest and saying, hey, I'm not gonna put my name on a line that I'm not willing to uplive to, God. So we, I just pray for those in the room, God, that are committing to you and committing to being a part of this body, that you would bring it and mold it together. Help us as leadership lead in such a way that the body just unifies, that we can be used in more than just our church. As the body grows in the church, we're gonna be able to reach outside of these walls and into our community and to love on people, but we can't keep carrying more weight with the less work and the less people. So God, we just pray, we just pray that you would touch us, be with us, strengthen us, God, to do your work and to do it as a body together. We love you. We give you the praise and the glory for it all. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.